My name is Jason McMaster. Welcome to the Lame Thrower Podcast. I believe this is episode 7, and it should be the last episode for the filthy year of 2022. Uh, I am joined for this episode by Nick Johnston, our man in the Bay Area. How are you doing, Nick? Howdy. Glad to be here. And we have a full-time professional sports gambler, Zach Lazar, part-time bridge inspector. How are you doing, everybody? And finally, but no, last but not least, Anthony Gygos, game designer with Unknown Worlds and all-around fancy guy. That's me. Fancy. That's, yeah, that's, uh, yeah. Me fancy you got that in Got that embroidered on the back of your uh, sweatpants. So before the show, um, Zach told us about all the bridges he inspects, but I, I kind of want to know, what is the fanciest thing Anthony's done today? Uh, <laughs> dead I air. Uh, I, I, dead I, air. I, I had to think about it because I was like, I don't think I've done anything so, fancy today. I, I didn't even so make, I didn't even made tea. Like the oh fanciest thing I did was take the dogs on a walk, perhaps, and that's not fancy at all. You got yeah, tiny yeah. dogs, right? Yeah, tiny that's dogs. Kind of a fancy walk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll accept it, but I mean, making tea would have been. Fancier. Yeah, that's how I feel about it. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I lifted up the seat today. I think that's pretty fancy. <laughs> yeah, that is fancy. <laughs> you lifted it before. <laughs> yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Or after. I guess it wouldn't make sense. Um, no, it was during. Uh, it made quite a mess. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, get a little trajectory. Going so, on what are we little... talking about on the podcast today? Uh, we're talking about uh, urine. Uh, we're talking about our games of the year for 2022, our top five games, and uh, we're going to kind of go around and talk about it. And if somebody else uh, has a game that's mentioned, they will, can also talk about it. And we'll skip it when we get back to them. We're not going to double up on games. Uh, and I will, uh, I will go first. It's my prerogative. So number five in my top five for the year of 2022 is the hard to imagine before it came out hit vampire survivors. Is that this year? Technically. Technically. Yeah. It launched like a few months ago. Okay. Yeah. So vampire survivors, my number five, uh, great game, uh, intensely simple. And what is it like a dollar or is it two dollars? No, it's like four bucks. Is it four? Okay, it's, it's kind of expensive. It, oh, yeah, it's free on <laughs> Xbox Game Pass and it's free on, I think, iOS and Android. Yes, and it, um, from what uh, all we understand, it sold very well. It's four dollars on Steam right now. Jesus, that's a lot. I don't know. In this economy? I mean, come on. <laughs> How many vampire survivors? Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's it's such a strange and simple concept. You know, you, your guy just kind of you, you don't you don't have any sort of real kind of twitch influence other than moving your character. And uh, it works surprisingly well. Um uh, it's just got so much content, so many achievements, so many things exploding all the time, so many different characters. It just, uh, it's, it's just a fun time. 
Uh, it, it, it hits all the check marks, uh, kind of makes you feel good in your tummy. I was going to say, it's like a slot machine, right? It's like scientifically yeah. designed to make you produce the most dopamine with all the flashing lights and constant upgrades and stuff. Right. And it's probably programming us to kill someone, but eh, whatever. I'll go next. Yep. My number five, Art. which I think uh, Nick also has somewhere on his list. Maybe. I don't know. I didn't look at his list. Is Pokemon Violet slash Scarlet, which just came out um, in November, I believe. Gross. Why is that gross? Please please <laughs> to explain. No, I'm just kidding. I'm sure it's great. I've actually never played a Pokemon. <laughs> it's um it's good. It's definitely they started the 3D take on stuff when they released Sword and Shield. And they expanded upon it a little bit in Legends Arceus, which released at the start of the year. And this is like kind of the natural progression where they've combined this new kind of 3D approach and they implemented it fully into the new game. Whereas in the past it was just like in Sword and Shield, it was like part of the game. And in Legends Arceus, it was like the full game wasn't really there yet. Kind of put all that stuff together. Um, and it runs, parts of it run at five frames per second. Oh, and a lot of it is like 480i. But it is, uh, for me, is, as Reggie fils once said, the game is fun. And I, it makes you just kind of forget about all that other stuff. So this was actually number two on my list. I I loved the game. I spent a lot. Of, I I caught them all. It's um, oh my god! Really? I also caught them all. Between oh Zach and god. I, we, we got them all. Uh, I just had a fun time collecting. I had a fun time roaming around the environments. They had this sort of branching multi multi path story arc that you can go through, and it was fun to sort of do different paths as I felt and. I don't know. It was just sort of the perfect Pokemon experience for me. It it was and probably still is technically a mess, uh, <laughs> but I don't think it's 480i because, as Zach knows, these displays can't do interlace. But oh, maybe, maybe yours can't. I got the <laughs> I got the special edition switch. Yeah, I fucking modded one. <laughs> but yeah, like every everything from the code says, this game shouldn't be that that good but it just hit all of my pokemon nostalgia it hit my rpg senses and i i put it number two for this year second best game of the year wow oh christ my name's uh, anthony gallegos and my number five game is papa eo uh <laughs> i didn't stack rank these let me see if i was to stack rank them um i'll say Number five, Power Wash Simulator. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Dude, I love that game. I think they took a really simple mechanic, and it's the best one of those simulator games that that Playway SE publisher does, and I think it's just deeply satisfying. It's co-op. They focused on all the right things mechanically to make it really satisfying to do this one activity and they didn't worry about jank in a it, the right type of jank that still is totally acceptable and i just think it's a ton of fun and very inspirational like it's like yeah. a totally different type of game to just sit there and clean something inspirational as if like it's like there's a a level of like jesus and christianity to it like inspirational literature uh inspirational as and in i think that there's a a different category of games there to do that's like, you know, they've been doing it with House Fixer and stuff like that, but those are like holistic project. This is just like one mechanic. 
and just nailing one mechanic really well. I like it when games. It's like do get that. out there and get a job. That's what this company's trying to tell people. Yeah, dude. All I'm thinking about now is like when Guitar Hero came out, people were like, "Why are you getting good at Guitar Hero? Just learn to play a real guitar." And like, I, I think it's <laughs> even more sa- more of a selling point. This, like, dude, just go clean some stuff. And re- like, I know your house is there. Just go clean some stuff. I did, but when I did, when I played it, I did that summer. I used my power washer and I power washed everything in my yard. So you don't, oh, you don't want to power wash your siding. I learned that the hard way. Just yeah, you can definitely blast right paint off, off and. Uh, yeah, and I, I also blew off a chunk of my hand. That was cool. Um, that is pretty cool. But overall, it was you know I just think that game is really fun. It's it's just like Visser cleanup detail, in the sense that it's just really fun to just sit there and do nothing with your friends and just bullshit. I don't know. Oh yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> those games, uh, those kind of single task games, where you just like wipe out something, clean something, do something like that is uh, they they can certainly be like really fascinating. If you really, guys want to really come over and clean my house with me, we could do that. It'd be oh, fun. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Dude, that's what I say to the guys outside Home Depot every Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> you say You say you'll go over and clean their house? You say Ocho Ocho Dolores poor aura. Okay. Okay. Okay, uh, Nick, uh, that was, of course, the wonderful Anthony Gagos. Uh, Nick, would you like to jump in uh, with your number five? I would. I don't know if anybody wants to hear it, but my number five nah. game of the year is Harvestella. I've not. Hey, that's that's all right. I've not quite finished it, but I've put <laughs> maybe like fifty hours into it so far. It is just a really fun game loop of take care of the farm, plant new crops, kind of complete challenges to unlock new abilities, whether you can irrigate or plant faster or harvest faster. And then on top of all that, you're you're going around to uh, different people that you've met. Because when I talked about it last, I hadn't even really unlocked the relationship aspect of the game. So now it's just a persona game where I'm going around and doing quests to make the doctor happy, doing quests to make the... Uh, the the orphanage uh, person happy. Uh, I think I asked this doing, last time. I think you I asked this doctor, last time. Orphanages. What is I don't this? remember the the answer. Are there like farm animals in this game also? Uh, I didn't know, but there are. There are both so animals you can ride, and there's animals that you can like keep Stop. for for oh. like milk or harvest for meats. Oh, tell me more. But okay, so is the doctor an animal doctor and a person doctor? No, as far as I can tell, the the animals don't get sick, and the doctor only does some story related things, like bring the medicine to the sick person so they get better, and you can gain a point in their relationship. I see. Is this game based on Cider House Rules? It is a direct uh, adaptation of Cider House Rules. It's pretty wild. <laughs> that you can see it that point would by be points. The best <laughs> possible. Fucking story for a Square Enix game. Damn, you love that. You love that book, and you love that movie. And I hope you get your uh, JRPG adaptation of Cider House Rules. This is not quite it, but it was a lot of fun. Oh yeah, and it's definitely my my number five game of the year. Well, I, I enjoy all the man's works, not just Cider House Rules, but but yes. Well, that's good. Hey, you know, if you enjoy it, I think 50 hours is a fair enough place. You you know, that's more than I get out of most games, I would say. It's 50 hours, and 
I honestly couldn't tell you if I'm halfway done or under halfway done, but there's probably another 40 to 50 left. I can't believe you. How do you find all this time? That's so much time. Well, I work from home and I sleep about five hours a night. So, all right. All right. It all adds up. There it is. (laughs) All right. So I went first for number five. So let's shift it a little bit and say, Zach, would you like to go first for number four? Sure. Number four. Um, I'm going to get hate for this one, but I really don't give a good good gosh darn. My number four for 2022 is Fortnite Zero Build. Who came out in 2017. Fortnite Zero Build (laughs) came out in 2022. And they made a lot of changes. Some of it was also for the main game. But a lot of it was just for the Zero Build mode. Where they added the persistent currency that goes throughout all modes. Um, They added the ability to sprint. And they added the ability to mantle. And they added a, a whole host of other movement abilities, like interlaced throughout the different seasons they've had. Um, and for me, it has completely reinvented the game. I uh, I do not have the finger dexterity to build the gigantic forts in half a second, like the little fourth graders that our savants are able to do. So as soon as like it, maybe the first like month of Fortnite, I was like, oh yeah, I can build little staircases and stuff like that. And then people figured out how to play yeah. it, and it was like all of a sudden I was not going to play that game anymore. So zero build um, kind of allowed me to like restep into it, and you know it brought it's, it back. All the seasonal stuff that they do is so much fun. Um, the games, the maps constantly changing. Like the gun, they rotate in different guns. They rotate into abilities. I know Anthony's a big fan of all the anime abilities I'm putting in. They put in the command. Yes, command. Love it. <laughs> um, and so. <laughs> Oh yeah, he's big. I'm fan. saying specifically the zero build mode is my number four for 2022. Yeah, we've all played a pretty good amount of it. You know, it's not in my top five, but if you look at hours spent this year, it's probably in the top ten hours of of games I played, and it's a lot of fun. I jumped in about the yeah. same time. I think Jason and I looked at it when zero mode first dropped, and then soon after that they did. Uh, a Goku update, and oh, I've been yeah. playing it pretty consistently ever since. That's all you really need to say, and then I'm there, you know. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, okay, number four. I, I know that a lot of people are going to think you're a coward, and they'll hate you. No, but, that's, uh, that's I, good. I <laughs> it's good. Oh, it makes it's it good. makes me feel good when you say that, Anthony. It's good. <laughs> Why so low, though? <laughs> Why? Yeah, it was like an 8 out of 10. Wasn't that great? Yeah, right. Sure. Uh, that makes sense. Um, all right, Nick, would you like to come in at uh, for your number four? Uh, oh, yeah, sure. Uh, for my number four, I believe Zach saw part of me play this because I was streaming it in Discord. Uh, I think Anthony might have jumped in at the end, but it is called Save Room Organization Puzzle. Oh, yeah. I don't remember any of this. It was like six or seven dollars on Steam, and the whole game is you are given items from Resident Evil 4 that you need to pack into a case. Yes, I remember remember now. And you have to pack in the bullets a certain way, and you have to pack in the healing items a certain way, and the healing items stack just and combine just like they would in in RE4. And it was just 
very nostalgic because I had a good time with that game. I played it through, I think, three times. GameCube, Wii, and PS2. And that that organization Your puzzle... Rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah only three times. Uh, but that organization puzzle was just like a, a fun little puzzle game. I, I think I knocked it out in a little under two hours. And... I don't know. Yeah, it was just it was fun, nostalgic. It was well made. It had like some surprising twists. Like it's a puzzle game, but like some surprising mechanics slash uh, combinations that just like made me have a really great evening with it. Uh, and I thought it deserved a, a place in my my top five. So to be clear, you booed me for having you know I booed you like, for gigantic just... mountain drop of content in Fortnite. But then you chose the Resident Evil 4 backpack organization. I chose game. a great game that came out in 2022, and you chose <laughs> the world's <laughs> biggest game that came out in 2017. So, right. yeah, I, I we'll, booed you for that. We'll discuss this later. Okay. All right. So, Anthony, you want to give us your number four? Your uh, uh, my, quattro? My number four is, is a hold game. On, hold on, hold on. Why'd you what? say quattro like that to him? Quattro? What? <laughs> when you say quattro to the rest of us? Because uh, he's uh, we're, we speak a, 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 a <laughs> sounded yeah. like the lady who fell while stopping the grapes on the knees. Yeah, that woman makes some fucking noises. I uh, my number four is Potion Craft, a game hey. about a game about making potions and being an alchemist trying to find the philosopher's stone it's a really simple game um the dev actually even many years ago seems to have made a version of it that never caught on that was much simpler and then with tiny build as a publisher probably a little bit more money made this version of it now that's out it's on game pass and it's pretty cheap otherwise but it's really long and again it's a game that takes like a really simple mechanic of mixing potions and figuring out recipes and running your potion shop and makes it into this like interesting, like mechanical game. It doesn't have much of a narrative. The narrative is like really threadbare. Um, but I just think it's so fun mixing potions and figuring out what ingredients you have that you can mix to get like a dexterity potion that also makes you invisible and stuff like that. And coming up with so crazy combos. Is this the one you just played or the one you played a few months ago? No, this is the one I just played. Okay, okay, because there's been several potion games. There has. I got a question for you. How much did you play? Uh, I'm about six hours in at this point. Okay, because I played, I I played like the first like hour or two on Game Pass, and I was liking it a lot. And then, and I really don't like to like talk bad about things other people created, but this is the only way to get my point across. Going into hour three, I was li- literally falling asleep at my keyboard with how little the game progressed and how boring it was. Yeah, no, it's it's a. Uh... The progression like is Zen kind the of progression thing. is very slow, but I find it very good. Yeah, I've uh, I've still been going and going and going. I've been playing a ton of it offline. I've actually been playing a bunch of it through Xbox game streaming. So oh. it works pretty well. Look well. at this guy. Yeah, put that shit on an with iPad with a controller or on so. your Steam Deck. Uh yeah, no, it doesn't work there. <laughs> oh, it doesn't work. <laughs> that's crazy, man. Um, <laughs> This was a big year for potion games because uh, I think at yeah. least one Atelier Ryza game was out this year. Potionomics was out, and then I liked Potionomics potion too. 
I put that on my on my list now because I had only I think I someone popped up like if you like potion craft you'll like potionomics and I was like what I've never even heard of potionomics. I think they're pretty different. I wouldn't necessarily say if you like one you'll like the other. But I think just the I've always liked the idea of like you're running like a shop in like a like a D&D universe or something like that. That's always been like a fun idea to me. I see. Yeah, there was yeah. there was a VR game like that that I remember my friend recommended to me where it's the same thing except you have to actually mix the potions and stuff because VR. So of course, yeah. I mean, because what else are you gonna do? Well, like there's that gonna... game where you make sushi, but like the guy runs in to steal your money and you have to like throw a fish at him. That was a pretty good VR game. Was that real? Yeah, <laughs> more or less. That was like one of the first like big like big I say in air quotes. Um, oh god, what was that one game I had where you threw hot dog you made hot dogs and threw them into like skeletons' mouths as they I, oh, it was it was like it was like the zombie <laughs> food truck one and the one you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a good time VR. <laughs> uh Jason, what's your number four game? Number all four. Right. Number four is a game that uh I, I kind of went back and forth on whether or not I was going to include it in my top five, but I did play a lot of it, so I enjoyed it. Uh, and that is Gotham Knights. Uh, for something that uh, was completely derided uh, online and just kind of like everybody hated it in the reviews. Uh, and to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of people played it very much before they reviewed it because the reason I say that, there's there's mechanics that don't show up until later on and they get kind of like uh mentioned in reviews wrong would you say that it's too hard for the average game journalist because they're not good at video games (laughs) i would not say that i would say that it is it's very plotting at first uh it's got a really long intro and it is not arkham you know uh, asylum uh which is a shame because those are good games, but it's it's still you know it's it's good if you like the story and if you like the setting. So, <laughs> you know, fans of the yeah. genre, oh. right? Fans of the genre, uh, but it's not as you know it, it doesn't have that uh, complexity of combat like the Arkham games, but it, it has a lot going for it, and the co-op parts are a lot of fun. So there you go, you know. Who'd you yeah. play as? Red, Ro- Little Red Riding Hood? Yes, mostly as Red Hood. Uh, mostly Red Hood and then a lot uh, as Robin. I played as I played as Purple Cape. I bet you in did. Green, in Green Boots. <laughs> Purple Cape, Green Boots. I love that guy. You know, he's one of my favorite heroes. I used to have his poster up on my wall. <laughs> oh, Purple Cape, Green Boots. I love dunking on Red Hood. It is so funny to me. I had never heard of him until this video game. Me oh, neither. It, it, he's, he's well, doesn't he just have like a human name also? Or is that the other guy that just has like a yeah, human shit, name? They, they all have human names. It's like, yeah, he's Jason Todd. Jason Todd. Like People started yeah. talking about Jason Todd like that was like a common thing. I never heard Jason Todd in my life. And people in this game came was like, oh yeah, it's Jason Todd. Well, he's like, the oh, first he's Robin, on, right? He's not Bruce second, Banner. Like, I don't know what that fuck means. Me. I don't know. Yeah, it's um, it was Nightwing. Or Moon, what is it's Nightwing, right? That's I thought, yeah, I thought the, the first, first Joker is the one that got the first Joker isn't the one that got killed. 
Or sorry, the first no. the first Robin isn't the one that See, got this killed. This is the issue, man. No, no, he's uh, so Nightwing walked no. away, and then the second Robin got killed. Right. Okay. Right. Where's there Darkwing Duck fit in all of this? No, I don't know. I wish he. Anytime someone true. says, that's anytime someone screen. says Nightwing, I think of Darkwing Duck. I don't. I got a real poison in my brain. That's on my <laughs> slash fic that I pay for, where he, oh, yeah, where he right. also gets preggers. DM DM me that oh, later. Does he get preggers from Don Carnage? Oh, he gets preggers <laughs> by me. <laughs> oh my god! I think you can post that, this, man. Oh, I could post it. Um, oh, and I will. Uh, Jesus Christ. Um, all right. So, uh, number three, Nick, why don't you start us off with your third? I, I don't think I want to follow that. Uh, my third, I don't think anybody here has played it. It is Live Alive. It is a remake of a. Um, old that's Square a game Enix that game. actually came out, uh, many years ago. It's a remake. That doesn't <laughs> count as a game. You can't put that on your list. I can come up with another one. No, no, no live alive. Tell me about live live. So, <laughs> so <laughs> live alive originally came out in 1994, as Zach pointed out, and was re-released this year in the uh, in the new Octopath Traveler 2D style rendering engine that Square Enix has. Huh. And it looks pretty. That's it looks pretty. It's pre- a pretty cool engine. I, I like it a lot. Was I love the original the game very popular? It was not, not that popular. Okay. Yeah. It wasn't even that popular in Japan. Uh the, a lot of those designers went on to make a little game called Chrono Trigger, which I think uh, got a lot more popularity. Okay. I was gonna say it looks like Chrono Trigger to me and also it has time traveling. Like you play through different ages. So I was like, huh. Oh. Yep. So, so it's good, huh? huh. So you, there there's eight different scenarios and you play through eight different ages, as Anthony mentioned. And then there's something that kind of ties it all together that I really don't want to mention because uh, I think you should just play through Incest. that. But like it was a ton of fun. Uh, there's literally a scenario where somebody looks exactly like Chrono from Chrono Trigger doing some oh. like triggering, doing a little bit of triggering. Uh, <laughs> but I just I thought all the scenarios were were relatively tight, uh, a lot of fun. Probably a little bit of, definitely a little grinding for an RPG in those scenarios, and definitely a lot of grinding in the sort of tie everything together section of the game. Hmm. Uh, so if you're, I, if you're I not don't mind grind. if you're not like willing to just go through that and or like pop on a podcast and just hit through things, you're probably not going to enjoy this. Or maybe you could just play the eight scenarios and say, you know, I'm I'm done with that and walk away from it. And that might be a great experience, too. Something that's important to know is that there is also a parody version of Hulk Hogan in the game. Oh, yeah? Sure it was is. 1994. So, yeah, that makes sense. So I, maybe I could just say a, a couple about the, the the scenarios, since that doesn't really spoil a whole lot. But there no, is fired up. One, of the, one of the scenarios takes place in present time. And you're a fighter, and that's and you're fighting against wrestlers. You're fighting against uh, luchadors. You fight against Zangief. You fight against Hulk Hogan. Yep. I don't remember the other ones. What? And, and so all this takes place on a on a grid, but they all have very like different mechanics. So in this one, you, you're like fighting and learning wrestling moves from everybody else. There's another one which is literally a rip from Aliens, 
or no, Alien. It's a rip from Alien. And you're on a spaceship, and uh, there's essentially a xenomorph on board, and you're fighting like with a different set of rules than you did in the previous scenario. Okay. And then there's the Chrono Trigger one, where you like this have all these awesome. ESP abilities, so you're like using these mechanics, and then you're a samurai from the Edo period, and you're trying to sneak around and like hit people from behind, and it's very stealth based. So they just have all these different mechanics that they imagine like kind of mash more mash than tie together at the end to, you know, accomplish your time-based goal. Huh. That sounds really cool. That huh? actually sounds fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Something I was that, thinking, I'm going to have to grab that. That if you enjoyed Live a Live that, and you enjoyed Chrono Trigger, you might also enjoy, this is one of my honorable mentions, is uh, Chained Memories, which is Chained Echoes, not Chained Memories. That was like, the, that was like a Kingdom that. Hearts game. Uh, Chained Echoes, which is definitely meant to be reminiscent of Chrono Trigger. So far that, if you, there was any doubts, the first like gameplay screen of Chained Echoes, like we were actually in the world like controlling a character, is literally the exact same setup as the first playable screen of Chrono Trigger. Um, so it's like, it's very self-aware of like what it's trying to do. Yeah, and I, I play like probably like twenty five hours of it, and I'm not usually the type of person to play like long JRPGs, especially like two D ones. So I probably won't finish it, but I really enjoyed it so far. And I would say if you are a Chrono Trigger fan, it's on Game Pass. It's worth checking out for sure. It's definitely yeah, oh, on my man. list. I'm playing it next year for sure. Sorry to jack your style. <sighs> uh, I'm. I might. Um... Keep jacking. I might actually grab that. Oh yeah, you never know what's going to happen when you keep jacking. Um, uh, I might grab that on Steam if it goes on sale or something. It'd be cool to play on the Steam Deck. In my experience, if you keep jacking, good stuff comes out. Um, yeah, it does. It just does. Uh, so we Nick has done his number three, and that would be. Uh, let's just go to Anthony. It's Trace to you, Anthony. Uh, so just like Potion Craft, my third one was going to be Strange Horticulture, which is uh, that's a, the one I was thinking of. Right? Very similar to Potion Craft in some ways, yeah. like in the perspective that it's like you know you're a shop, you're running a shop, you're trying to give people things. Except the difference is, is that when you play Potion Craft, it's very much about like the actual mechanic of making potions and the journey of getting to the right mixture and stuff, and it's like very intense with the mechanics. And I would say strange right. horticulture, horticulture. The mechanics are less involved because it's more like, you know that this plant could potentially be what, like, they're like, I want a plant that'll help me sleep. And you have a book that'll help you identify them, but it tells you things like, Oh, it's sticky and it smells and it might have these qualities. And so then the game probably right. of it is you trying to figure out which plant they're actually talking about. And more importantly, what makes strange horticulture great is that it is heavy on the narrative, unlike Potioncraft. It is a game with an intense story that goes weird places and has multiple endings, and how you interact with people and the choices you make as you go through it determine the ending, all told it through your interface of doing like running the shop. Tell I, me if I'm yeah. Tell me if I'm right or wrong in that I would say Strange Horticulture is almost more of a detective game than anything else. Yes, I, it actually reminds me almost of like uh, playing something like Papers, Please. Like you're like looking for the minor details and cross-referencing right. things and then trying to get through a story. 
Yeah, if you use the wrong plant, you can kill somebody and all that stuff. Well, there's a lot of details where they'll be like, you need to meet me at this place on the uh-huh. map. But uh-huh. like, you don't know where that is. Like, it's not like marked on the map where it is. You have to like use the clues to figure out like where that is on the map. Uh-huh. Trying and to then get make you a journey. Go. Yeah, exactly. It actually reminds me of that. Uh, a game that seems like it's going to be going for that same sort of vibe is that fishing one. The one that's like called like Dread something or mm-hmm. Dredge. I forget the one where you're like living in a fishing village and catching fish, but that's like the job you're doing is you unveil like the mysteries of a weird dark town. Very much the same sort of vibe. Like the horticulture stuff is there, but it's the set dressing for how you're getting through this really interesting, like dark narrative. Um, yeah, the game really surprised me. I just, how'd you find out about that game? It sounds really cool. Uh, I found out about it because, uh, um, this guy that I feel really sorry for (laughs) hit me up and I'm like, Oh fuck, I gotta look at his messages. But then I was like, at least, you know, I'll play it because it'll help him feel better. Maybe he won't yeah. blow his brains out. And turns out I was right. Maybe not. Yeah. Thank God. We still got him around. Yeah. You get those messages too? Yeah, I do. <laughs> I think we all do. Let's just not talk about it. We, uh, we somehow, I don't get those messages. What are you, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> so I will, uh, I'll go now. We'll save Zach's number three for last. Um, Mine is Monster Hunter Rise, the Sunbreak expansion. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Monster Hunter. I uh, reviewed it, and uh, on top of that, I I really enjoy the Monster Hunter franchise. I like hunting the specific monsters, learning how to fight against them, slowly building your equipment up to, you know, take on the next challenge, get into the next whatever, the the ho-ho, there you go. Boodly boo is, is Rise the one for PC? Uh, it is Switch and PC. Switch and PC, okay. Right, and uh, World was World is the one I was PlayStation and PC. Okay, so they're both they've both done really well. They're just so they're completely different experiences. Uh, or, I was not completely, but very different. Completely different. I'll say. Okay. Yeah, Rise yeah, no, is it's coming. Like, to game pass it's just like gran turismo uh oh yeah is it That's on it. january 19th yeah it's such a it's such a great game uh the movement stuff in it i think makes it a lot more quick a lot of a lot quicker for people uh that found monster hunter world kind of plotting um but yeah it's a it's a good game the expansion's great uh, a lot of content. Capcom always does a lot of stuff for the Monster Hunters. Uh, they they release content updates constantly and special events. And you know, whenever they end up retiring a game, they just kind of put all that stuff in permanently. So uh, all of those games are are good to play as a service and just to just to kick around in. But I, I really enjoyed my time with it. Um, our friend uh, uh, Evan and I played a good bit of it. Uh, together along with a few other people frank etc now there uh it's a fun multiplayer game as well and you get to have big kitty cats and uh, also rise added dogs you can have as well oh hell yeah fuck yeah that's what i'm talking about man but yeah no we'll uh i'll certainly that'd be fun to play on game pass you guys but anyway yeah that was my number three i think it's a pretty great game uh zach over to you what's your number three my number three is the groundbreaking, uh, really uh, defined a whole new genre, uh, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. 
Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Um, huh. What's that game like? It's going to be hard to wrap your head around this one. It's a, a first-person shooter. What? Uh, but in all seriousness, it is one of the probably top three best single-player experiences I've ever played. Um, in that the it builds off a lot of... I, when I grew up, uh, Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare and Modern Warfare 2 were like definitely the things that me and my friends were playing. And this modern the original Modern Warfare remake, it's like this is the most stupid thing in the world to talk about. The Modern Warfare remake that came out a couple years ago and then exactly. The and then Modern Warfare 2 which came out in 2022 <laughs> kind of like diverged the timelines from the original one. And so it's got like all of the same characters but it's got like completely different um, like storylines, and like there's some parallels still. But basically, takes those characters and like gives them a new story. And the over the years of Call of Duty, they've like each year has like brought something like new to the table as far as like we're not gonna do this. Like Call of Duty Four, everyone remembers the uh, the all gillied up mission, the stealth sniper mission, and when it came out, it was like such like yeah. a big deal. Um, and Modern Warfare Two, they did um some like parkour segments that were pretty cool, like through the, the Barrios in Brazil. Um, I don't even know if it is. There's a favela, not Barrios. Barrios is in Mexico. Um, the favelas in Brazil. And so, and they've done this through all games. There's like, they bring in new um, ideas that a lot of, you know, when you think of like a first person shooter, it's like you go through, maybe you have like a rare puzzle. Maybe you have like some cool, like on rail segments, this game, modern warfare two, Every single level feels like it could have been like the main mechanic in its own game. It is truly like the world traveling all star lineup of where you have your stealth sniper mission. You have basically um, an on rail shooter mission. You have a mission that is basically a survival crafting mission. You have, um, you know, the kind of the AC 130 mission, which is another one that, that Modern Warfare. Uh, it's classic. Yeah. Exactly. It's basically this, and it's all the the characters are super well. They're thought out. They're super interesting. You you really do care about these people. There's a there's a mission that this is like being super like reductive of what it is. It is almost what I would say an XCOM mission is hmm. in Modern Warfare Two. There is a mission that is fairly similar to XCOM, which is crazy to think about. But um, and I'm I'm like I said I'm being a little uh, reductive when I say that, but. The fact that I can even say that and it's like partially true to me is amazing. Yeah. Um, and I like the multiplayer too. The multiplayer, it's fun to level up guns. It's kind of like that vampire survivors thing where you make the numbers go up. And it's just like grinding in any other game. When you, you play these these games, you can grind the guns up. You can unlock new attachments. It's fun. It's I don't really take that super seriously like a lot of other people. I haven't played a lot of Warzone 2.0, which they're really kind of classifying Warzone as its own game these days. But yeah. the single player experience was, I really recommend if you've ever enjoyed a first person shooter that you at least give it a try. Um, Cause I think it really is like genre defining. Well, I haven't played a call of duty campaign in a, all the way through in a couple of years. So yeah, maybe I should uh, do this thing. And it's like, it's graphically stunning also. Like everything about it is done <laughs> to like the highest level. It's, I mean, it's like watching like a Marvel movie, right? It's like, it's the infinity war of or the end game of video games basically that's how i would describe it it is a really nice looking game 
Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, it, it very much so. Well, like we, in, uh, mm-hmm. go ahead. No, keep talking. Well, I was gonna say like in like I remember like Call of Duty Three. It was like you had the German front and you had like the Asian front, and like the whole game you go between those two. You go to almost. I don't think you repeat. Maybe like two missions, you repeat the same country. But besides that, you is like literally when I said like like globe trotting, it really is like you are going to a different place every single level. And I think that maybe the one place they do repeat is Mexico, which is a place that the city the series has never gone before. So it's like still super interesting. Um, Jason, can you just look over the paper and make sure we hit all the talking points Activision paid us to talk about before we move yeah, on? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, looks like we got. Um, yeah, I think okay. we hit them all. Okay, okay. Edit that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> making a note on timeline. Yeah. <laughs> nah, that's actually, I, that's cool. I want to try it. I want. I want to. No, do. it totally. Yeah, the the they really high quality, really high quality stuff. Uh, well, it's, it's cool to have a good, good campaign though. too, especially after like Black Ops Four and yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's something that they can afford to do where because they have Infinity Ward, Treyarch, and Raven all yeah. working on this game. Right. And probably some other studios. Hell, we don't know anymore. Well, like Toys for Bob, I think, is doing like a lot of like there's a lot of people doing like supplemental work. I think Raven, Infinity Ward, and, all, and Treyarch are all producing content in some way. It's wild. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. But yeah, I mean, you look at something like Fortnite and. They obviously have a ton of people working on that too. Obviously, Warzone's a huge money maker for them, uh, outside of just selling. Nobody plays Warfare that. Yeah. Um, what are, are, yeah. are we on number two? Did yeah. Jason give his number three. So. I can't remember. I think I did, didn't I? He's Monster yeah, Hunter. Yeah, yeah, Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter. Yeah, yeah, Monster Hunter. Right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So yeah, who would like to start? When I, let's let's let Anthony start number two. What's your what's your number two? Number two, Sniper Elite Five. Gee, That's my number list? two. Nice. I hey, I looked at the games that I played this year. I played a lot of games this year that weren't from this year, so that was the tough thing. Um, I had the but, same problem. As but I, I my That's list. how I am too. I hadn't ever really played a Sniper Elite before. I played four, so then I was really excited for five. And five was great. And I played through oh, the whole yeah. campaign. I, I played a bunch of co-op with Jason. I, oh, yeah. inv- I, another thing I really liked was invading other people's games. It was so I fun. You, you did that constantly there for a few days. Cause yeah, a lot of people awesome. didn't realize it was on by default and they didn't understand what was happening. And it was so fun. But when you get someone who was really good, it was awesome to like get in these like crazy sniper battles. I would leave it on too. Cause if someone ever invaded me, it completely changed the way you played. Because now you had to be careful and think about everything you're doing because some fucking German dude was out there getting ready to blow you away. But yeah, I just, I mean, those games have been going for like 10 years now, longer, I think. Um, And they just really refined that formula and it it works really well. And they really understand how to make sniping feel fun, uh, not punishing unless you want it to be. um, And just let you have some cartoon fun blowing away Nazis. So, I don't know. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's just a really fun shooter that's been really refined to death. And wow. I think the mission variety is awesome. And the maps are fucking huge. Those levels are 
obscenely big. They are they are really big for what they are, and they're like vertical too. Yes, really those maps go on for days. Um, yeah, Rebellion. I feel like they had a checkered record for a long time, but they do good work these days. So, does yeah. the uh, yeah. does the game accurately reflect the number of testicles in the German high command? Uh, <laughs> I think it might actually. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I, believe I it think does. Yeah. Hitler only has one ball in it. I'm pretty sure. So, yeah. Um, I mean, that's really that's the seal of excellence. So. If there was one complaint I have, it's that they made the Kill Hitler DLC paid DLC. So that's a little annoying, but it's fine. They had to get yeah, th- they had to get a little bit of money off the people that played for free on Game Pass. So I think you oh, could kill yeah. Hitler for free in previous well for free like as in the base game. You could do yes. it in the base game in four, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They just made it premium DLC with on this, which I assume was um, because they anticipated so many people were going to play it through Game Pass. I think it was a pre order. Ah, like okay. if you pre ordered it, you I think that came with. It was great on Game Pass though. Mm-hmm. Like it was like. Really, it was a good get for that service to have something because you know first party releases for Microsoft were fucking dog shit this year. So, oh, they're real terrible. Uh, so having things like that and Back for Blood and a couple others definitely helped. Be like, ah, oh, yeah, this is why I have this. So, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It certainly didn't pay. Most people paid like what two dollars for fifty years of service. So. Yeah, well, actually, it's funny you say that because my dollar thing where I bought the max amount of uh Xbox Live and converted it that ended this year. So I was like, oh, <laughs> surely two years of it'll be awesome. I'll have two years on the new consoles. I've gotten so many games by that. Nope. So didn't really pan <laughs> out that way. Um but yeah, I mean I think Sniper Elite's a really good game. Uh fine. Yeah. and if you never played the others, it is not a game that you need to have like the continuing storyline and deep oh, knowledge no. of the universe. Like you can just jump into it and just go Right away. German people, yeah. Japanese people, bad. They get shot. Other white people, good. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes. You've Most got of the a French gun, people, fine. They got balls. Shoot them. Yeah. That's that. Point A to point B on that one. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry. The Italians are also bad. Yeah. I just think, you know, a lot of sniper games like uh, Sniper, Ghost Warrior, and stuff, like, they make those games are more like, let's make sniping into like a, a, a punishing. Like you're gonna take account wind and do all these crazy things and and it's like those games blue. Uh, some people really like that, but for me, I really like Sniper Elite because it gives you a playground and says kill these people in creative ways. You know, shoot a guy and so he drops his grenade, shoot the grenade so it blows up, drop something on him. It's just it feels a lot like some of the better like Hitman Sniper levels and stuff. But that's the whole game. I love it. It's great. Yeah, Sniper Elite Five almost was took the place of Gotham Knights. That would have been the only other possible change because it's in my certainly in my uh, honorable mention section for for this year. It's a great game. Um, Nick, yours got pulled already, right? Yeah, Even my Zach. my number two is barely good enough for Zach's number four. Oh, yeah. So eat it. And uh, wait, what you was your number two? Hit? Uh, Pokemon Scarlet. Oh, Scarlet. Okay, okay. And Zach, did you do your... I can't believe uh, we haven't had more crossover. What a diverse crew we have. Just we're just a really oh. di- diverse group of podcasters right now. <laughs> That's... Um, my number two is... Surprise, another Pokemon game? 
It's Pokemon what? Legends Arceus. I thought so. You seem to really enjoy that. I did really enjoy it, which is... So they basically... Um, I would say reinvented what a Pokemon game could be. Um, and I won't get super into the story, because if you're not into Pokemon, it won't mean much to you. But they basically do the thing where it's like whoa, super, super duper time portal, you're back in time, and you have all the knowledge of, like, the current world, but now you're in, like, ancient, I think it's supposed to be, like, Edo area, Japan, Edo era, Japan, but in Pokemon instead. Like, even, like, the region you're in is in a region that they visit, like, in the modern universe games. Um, So there is a little bit of, um, what's the word? Not progression. There's a little bit of carryover between the two, like the the old game and the modern game. So mm. they turn it from the there is way less battling. Pokemon's always been you got your catching, you got your battling. Um, the battling is still in Legends Arceus, but it's way, way, way toned down, and it's mostly focused on the catching and the categories categorization. So you really are building like this encyclopedia encyclopedia of Pokemon and. It's the first game, really, in, in Pokemon, like, you would maybe catch multiples of the same type, because if you were maybe looking for, like, one that, that was, like, had a certain number of stats in one area, or, like, knew a special move. And in this, it's like, well, we're categorizing the Pokemon, so you need to get, like, ten of this type, so we can study all of them. Um, and that's how you would complete your Pokedex, is that each species, you had to get, like, a certain number of them. You had to get, like, this many, like, five big ones. Or, like, you have to get, like, this one. Oh. Like, there's, like, five, like, that are in this specific biome. Because we think the, the ones in this biome might be different. Um, and I I know it sounds like, it's like the, whoa, that's so different. But for the series, it really is kind of a departure for your mindset of how you play it. Um, sure. And I really, it was special to me. I, I mean, I grew up right when Pokemon Red and Blue came out. I was, like, right in the sweet spot for that. My very first game ever was Pokemon Blue. Um, so to be with the series for this long and to have it, have them take it and like kind of flip it, not necessarily on its head, but like recategorize what it can be and have it work so well was pretty special for me. Um, and just like Violet, there were parts of it where it was running like a slideshow, like things that would that you would think like would run in like two fps because they're like literally on the other side of a gigantic five million acre map that's like if they're like 50 yards in front of you in that game they're running at two fps uh, okay but again it was i was having so much fun that it really it just didn't matter to me i get it you can you can tolerate a lot of jank when you're having a good time oh yeah oh yeah i love a tolerated jank who hasn't gone yet? <laughs> uh, just, just me uh, for number two. Uh, so uh, this year it was kind of a toss-up between a few things, but the number two spot for me ended up being Midnight Suns, Marvel's Midnight Suns, the uh, card game uh, that kind of mixed with XCOM, uh, and it's also got this uh, a lot of relationship development. Uh, between your characters and this giant plot to to destroy the world you're you're thwarting uh and i i just enjoyed it marvel movies are uh goofy uh but also fun and they're they're 
there are a lot of times they're they're enjoyable because and like Marvel stories because like it's good guys versus bad guys and the good guys eventually win. Damn, that's crazy. I know, right? But uh, <clears throat> unless you get like somebody who's a real freaking bummer writing, but a lot of times the good guys win. You know, uh, but it's just it's that framework, you know, where you can. You play these battles and you position yourself. You you earn new cards and you forge new cards and you unlock all these different abilities. It's a it's just a very satisfying like role playing experience. And I, I just it really kind of came out of nowhere. It's not what uh, I expected at all from uh, from the game when I first played it. So I, I was really surprised and really really enjoyed it. Sweet. All right. That's right. Do we want to do, because we're all down to our number ones now, should we do honorable mentions? Yeah, I was going to say, we can, you know, there was a few games that I played that I considered. What, but why don't you go ahead, Zach? You have some delightful honorable mentions. So, I want to especially say Nintendo Switch Sports was probably the game, probably the game I played the second most of the year, actually. me and my When it came out, me and my brother played probably 50 hours of that in the first two weeks that it came out, um, just going online and just destroying little kids in tennis and volleyball and uh, bowling. It was some of the most fun I've ever had. Um, and if you, for some reason, still haven't played it, it took it takes all of the stuff that made Wii Sports so much fun and it like it perfectly brings it into the Switch. It uses you know the better motion tracking uh, to its fullest. And they actually just added in golf, which was supposed to be there upon release, but they did just put it in. So it's got the full slate of sports now. How is it? How's the golf? I only played a very tiny amount, um, but it's fun. It's, it's, I wouldn't like, I'm not like freaking out over it. It's super fun, but it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sure. Any, any others, you know, uh, like, for me, you know, just stuff like Door Fortress, I wanted to mention. I kind of wanted to pick it, but it really did come out like 20 years ago, so that doesn't seem fair. Uh, a Steam release doesn't make a game new. Um, or, I, uh, I have a whole know. bunch. Um, I'll just I'll just go through them quickly then. Just fire them out. God of War Ragnarok, I'm not forgetting about that one. It is amazing. Um, they're just I happen to like a lot of the other games a lot more. But God of War Ragnarok is an amazing game. Um, sure. Kirby and the Forgotten Land came out at the start of the year. It was such a good game. If you like have a Switch, you need to get Kirby. I I don't know why it got. I mean, it probably got overlooked because it came out at the start of the year, but it was a lot of fun. It's I think it'd be fun for people of all ages. Um, the environments are super good. It's like a post-apocalyptic Kirby, but it's like Kirby still Kirby. He's like happy and joyful and everything. So, which is like a great combination. Um, the music is really, really good. The main theme sounds almost exactly like the intro theme to perfect strangers. Um, so much so that this is one of the special moments (laughs) that when I typed into YouTube, Kirby, perfect strangers, a video came up with like 150 views mashing up the songs, like just how I pictured it in my head, which is like when you find a YouTube video, that's like that specific as such a small view count. It's like, Oh man, it was like perfect. Um, yeah, Cult of the Lamb is one that 
um, I thought was really, really good. I think it was a little too overhyped. I think it did a, it, people did a disservice to it because they treated it like it was like the most amazing, best thing that ever happened. And I think a lot of people got let down when they played it. And it was just like, it was a pretty good indie game. Um, but it was a pretty good sure. indie game. Um, I think it gets a little, I had the same problem I had with, um, potion craft. I got like maybe seven, eight hours in and just like nothing was changing. Like the progression just wasn't happening fast enough and I fell off. But, um, the early parts I really, really loved. And then lastly, um, escape Academy, um, which is an escape room style game. It's out on game pass. Um, it is, it's very well polished. There's been releases of other escape room stuff where they try and, and I think, I think that um, Escape, it's either Escape Room Simulator or Escape Simulator is another one that's a little bit janky. It tries to really like, it's, I don't know what engine it's in. It seems like the engine is like pretty basic, whatever it's in. Um, and they try and push it and it can lead to like you losing like some items you need just like falling out of the environment or um, some things <laughs> like loading in completely obfuscated. Um, Escape Academy is like super tightly put together in a way that's like it can't really break because everything is like so perfectly manicured um and it's a little bit boring because of that because there's less interesting things they can necessarily do with the puzzles but i think it's really really good and it's got like a little cheesy story along with it escape escape simulator escape room simulator each thing is like it's each self-contained thing escape academy has like a story that winds through all the different levels so yeah those are my honorable mentions for me, you know, like I said, uh, really just Sniper Elite Door Fortress. Uh, Raft uh, came out this year for Indo 1.0. Good game. So Raft's a good one. Yeah. Teardown. Uh, Teardown. Was Teardown oh, this yeah. year? Yeah, it launched this year. It went 1.0 this year. Stray, Neon White. Few, just yeah, there's a few good games this year. Nick's favorite, Callisto Protocol. Uh, was what not you, my Anthony? You only uh, you only liked four games this year. My honorable mentions would be High on Life. I like that game a lot. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm like pretty far into it, and I think that game's yeah. that game's great. It uh didn't seem like it was going to be. I had kind of lowered expectations for it. Um for no good reason. I just felt like it probably was going to be kind of middling and it surprised me with how uh, much polish was in it. I think there's um, a decent amount of mechanics, a decent amount of worlds, but they, they, they focused on the right things to get a, a lot out of a limited amount of content overall um, and make the game feel much bigger than it even is. And I just think they did a really good job. I think the humor's kind of hit and miss for people, but I, I generally you know, like it. And it made me interested in watching Rick and Morty because I had never seen it. So I think it's good. It's a fun game. I think the shooting is, is totally fine. Not amazing, (laughs) but the, but the, the progression is pretty solid and the world exploration and being learning about the, the sort of universe you're in is great. And yeah, I don't know. It's a game that manages to tell all its story without constantly locking you into a bunch of fucking cutscenes. I really appreciate that about it. That is nice. And then yeah. I, I guess my other honorable mention would be Fortnite. I'd never played well, sure. Fortnite, so turns out it's very good. 
Um, but that's all <laughs> thanks to zero build. Actually, I had played Fortnite, but every time I tried to play with the build mode, I just felt like I couldn't compete and I sucked. And so, um, yeah, I just really appreciate the fact that no build mode actually makes that game approachable. And now it's become something that I can play with my wife and we got a lot of good times with it. Yeah, absolutely. Nick, do you, do you have any mentions you'd like to honorable? Yeah. Uh, kind of going off of like some of the best multiplayer games raft was a lot of fun i uh yeah i played that with some college friends we had gone through it when it was an early access through the like the first two-thirds of the game and when it came out in its entirety we decided just to start over from scratch so we played through it all again we finished it up literally the week before i got married so that's always gonna oh, have like a special love raft it's always gonna have a special spot in my heart just because of the time that it happened in but it was also just a really fun co-op game get people together you're some some people were fishing some people were always just hitting the sharks some people were just making sure everybody had water and cooking food motherfuckers on that shark i'll tell you that shark's a son of a bitch but uh i i did build up a couple categories so nick's Best 2021 game of 2022. Okay, is, okay. It's Super Robot Wars 30. <laughs> I don't know what that is. This oh, I is got a, one of those too, though. This is a strategy RPG where uh, they just mash up mecha, mecha series from every franchise. So you have like oh, seven different Gundam series in there. You have Gao Gai Gar. You've got Mazinger Z. You have, I think this has Magical Knights Ray Earth. They gave them some mechs. Oh, so yeah. it's it's a series that's been running in Japan for like at least 30 years at this point. Maybe going on 40. Uh, and Super Robot Wars 30 was the first one to come to the US. It had a Steam release and just had an amazing time with it. I love strategy RPGs. I love Gundam. I love Mecha. And it was just the perfect mashup of all those. Nice. Uh, so yeah, I would I would recommend checking that out. Uh, Nick's favorite PSP game of 2022 is Ridge Racer 2, which I found <laughs> Ridge out. Ridge Racer 2. Which, Ridge Racer. I just found out it, it was it was the North American release of it was like uh, a week or two ago. Uh, and I don't know if any other PSP games came out in 2022. So that's Nick's PSP game of 2022. Hell yeah. Uh, and then my my honorable mention of games that actually came out in 2022 is uh, We Were Here Forever. I think Anthony's played through these and yeah. talked about them. I've played through them all with my wife. Oh, yeah. And we've that had a great time. excellent. Fuck. Uh, it's, a, it's a puzzle game designed for two people. I don't know how well this would work if you just bought it yourself and match made. But if you can play it with somebody or find a friend, I would... And you and you enjoy puzzle games, I'd highly recommend jumping into this game, jumping into voice chat, using the in-game voice chat, whatever you want, and do some co-op puzzle solving because it was a lot of fun. Number one co-op game of the year, probably. It's up there with Raft. I, I don't know how I, how I would rank those two, but they're both a lot of fun. Yeah. Raft, if you get a bunch of people going, that's the best because you can just like not do anything. But that everybody else will do stuff, you know. 
that's how I like to do my games, dude. I like to like find a way to be in like a management position. <laughs> AKA I sit there and tell everyone else what to do and I don't really do any of the real work. Yeah, I was uh I'm always like the captain or some shit, right? I'll steer the ship. Uh, <laughs> keep us on course. Um all right, so well I will go first uh on the game of the year because mine is pretty boring and easily expected. But uh my game of the year is Elden Ring. Uh just think it's just an amazing job when it comes to yeah, from just makes the the best dying worlds uh, and just the sheer size and scope of Elden Ring constantly surprised me uh, as I went through the game. Uh, so, you know, hats off to them. They they completely they completely made a game that was a mix of of their soul stuff and and an open world game. And it it really worked. And uh, yeah, just a really good time. So like I said, mine was pretty boring. We'll just go ahead and get that one out of the way. Cause I'm sure everybody's Elden ringed out. Uh, I don't know. That's not boring. I think there's a lot of people that that wouldn't, that they're, that that will be probably one of the uh, most popular picks of the year for a lot of people. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's. It's always. There's such a fervor around those games, uh, and I. And I like FromSoft games. Uh, I'm a fan, uh, but I'm not obsessed. Uh, I, and I, I think Elden Ring just really kind of, uh, kind of gets over a hurdle that those games have had when it comes to storytelling and being like a D and D game or something like an actual campaign or something where you're being you're discovering what's going on and not being fed clues like it's just kind of an amazing experience uh for that Uh, but yeah no that's that's me uh who would like to go next i'll go next get in Uh, there because my number one was previously mentioned it is high on life um it really I'm a big like expectations person. If you know me, the one thing I hate is like when people hype stuff up and then it doesn't live up to it. And high on life did the complete opposite where I remember seeing it. I can't remember where it was at some game show. Like it might even been E3. And I remember seeing like a trailer or two and then like completely forgetting about it until I, I remember that. Yeah. Until I opened up game pass and it was like on the thing. I was like, Oh yeah, this game, the Justin Roiling game, I'm going to try this. And, um, I think Anthony said like the humor is either hit or miss for people. It was hit after hit after hit for me. And um, I'm probably just a big dummy. And the jokes appeal to me because of Duly that. Duly noted. <clears throat> but let me, Anthony, you so say you're just watching uh, Rick and Morty for the first time. Have you uh-huh. gone to the interdimensional cable um, episode? Yeah, 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 yeah. So basically what I always said was that uh, high on life is like if they took the interdimensional cable and made an entire video game based off of it um because like in rick and morty you have like this i mean they don't stick to like a super strict storyline with rick and morty it's just like everything kind of revolves around that family and they said interdimensional cable is good because we can just tell all the jokes we want that doesn't have to be tied into anything it feels like that's kind of what high on life is that they found a way to tell all the jokes they wanted to tell um and put it in this game format and i think the last time i spoke about it on here i was worried about how much it was going i've since finished it and 
I said that it was kind of like set up more like a diorama than an open world in the same way that Outer Worlds was the Obsidian game that was like trying to be like a Fallout and that yeah. it was trying to look like a Fallout but it was really just like a diorama. That's how I felt with this too with High on Life is that it's trying to be like this big open world game. Like it's trying to like feel like that a little bit, but it's mostly just a diorama. But the levels were way more fleshed out than I thought they would have been. Um, and I was also a little bit leery about the combat. I so, said, you know, the combat's there. It's not super interesting, but it's not super, like it doesn't stink, so it's okay. Very surprisingly, the combat got better and better as the game went on. And the movement abilities got better and better as the game went on, which I like. I definitely did not expect from this game at all. I really thought this was going to be like you, you'd get through the game mostly just to get through the jokes, and it really did turn into as it went that the gameplay became way more engaging. Um, and like I said, it took me by surprise. This is the first game in a while that I rushed to finish the campaign as, as fast as possible because I was so into it. Um, I think maybe Bioshock, Bioshock Infinite was probably the last game that I played that. Whereas, like, I was waiting every day to like if I was to like find time to play this game to finish the campaign. Um, and yeah, that's it. Uh, it's always great when a game grabs you like that. Um, you know, there's a number uh, for me uh, like that as well. And High on Life. It's pretty funny, but I also, like I said, I, I like Joyce, Justin Roiland's humor. Um, so I'm also like, I'm a huge shitster, and I love that there are people who didn't know about High on Life, like until the day it came out, and are like hate playing the game, like, and like tweeting and like po- like posting on Twitch about like how much they hate it, and like, oh, this is so not funny, like, oh, another poop joke, oh, Justin Roiland stinks, and they like they literally didn't know about the game until it came out and they're like hate tweeting their way through it is like the funniest thing to me. Um, so yeah, that appeals to a different side of me. <laughs> that's, that's a game I really want to play in, in 2023. I don't have game pass right now, so I'm probably just going to buy it on steam, but I love Justin Roiland's works and it looks like I would have a lot of, a lot of fun with that. So that might be my 2022 game of 2023. Damn. Nice. I just can't stop thinking about those people that are like 10 hours into the game. And they're like, yeah, this just isn't funny. I don't know why uh, the gameplay sinks. And uh, and these aren't people like that re- review games for a living. Like, they're just like Twitter people that have like a few thousand followers. So they think their opinion's important. It's just so funny to me. Um, and I think that made me leapfrog legends arceus it was like a toss-up between the two i was like this provided content for me outside of just playing the game well pokemon was a little better but these people were being kind of shitty so that's right people were being shitty about pokemon too which is the other the the pokemon community is crazy and that it's kind of like uh like they're like the people who buy like whips and chains for bdsm where all they they can't stop talking about how much they hate it while also funneling as much money as possible. <laughs> because literally every Pokemon game, they say, this is the worst one since the last one. It's been that way for like the last four ones, and the sales numbers have literally gone up for like the last four ones. Um, which again, very, 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 very appealing to me. <laughs> uh, just living on hate. Uh, the haters ball. 
<laughs> the player, yeah, it really is. <laughs> player player haters ball of twenty twenty two is high man. on life. <laughs> All right, Nick. What do you want to go with your number one? Sure, my number one game of twenty twenty two. Oh shit! Is Shin Megami Tensei Devil Summoner Soul Hackers two? Oh my god! Abbreviated to Soul How Hackers many games two. Is that? You're that supposed is... to pick one game. Do you not like five of them? No, that's that's one game. That's the full title. <laughs> this takes place in a futuristic Tokyo. The world has evolved to such a state where machines do everything that you need. People have a mm. lot of free time, and that leads Awful. To, that leads to a lot of society being depressed, being wanderless, uh, or wandering around, not knowing what to do, uh, being sort of aimless in life. And this sort of general malaise has has led to a situation where the world war ends. And the way we know that is because you play one of a collective of AIs that have evaluated every possible thing that will happen into the future and determine that, yes, this will be the end of humanity. So we need to step in and save them. Uh, So you play a super intelligent AI in a physical form, and your job is to investigate uh, the end of the world, why it's happening, how you can prevent it. Because there's, just as in sort of general religion, free will is the factor that you can't actually account for in uh, in the future. There's always human free will. Ugh. Uh, so other than that, it's just kind of another Shin Megami Tensei game. You're, you're gathering digital devils, you are fighting them against your opponents, and you are just investigating sort of the apocalypse. But it's your number one game of the year. Did it do something that you felt like this is just the epitome of the best it's ever been or something? Like, I don't know. I'm just curious. Like, you know, like Persona 4 Golden, right? People love to talk about the game and I don't have any point of references why that game was so much better than other ones. Um, I'm just curious if there was like the one thing that you're like, oh man, it was this one relationship or something that was just... Made me love this game. For me, I, so I don't know if there was any one thing. Uh, like stylistically, I thought it looked really, really pretty, mm-hmm. and that's that helps. The uh, I've not played. I've so I played some Shin Megami Tensei games where it's sort of a a biblical apocalypse, mm-hmm. but not but not like, like a, a techno apocalypse. Okay. So it was a different a different theme and a different setting. And That's a different setting, yeah, altogether. I, I think the story that they unfolded with that was just different enough uh, that it really drew me in. Uh, but I don't... Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's not... I can't really point to one thing that's like, oh, this is why... That's fair. It's my, it's my number one game of the year. It, it also came kind of in a time when I wasn't playing like I didn't have a whole lot of games that I was looking forward to. And this kind of popped up out of nowhere on my radar. Uh, I think Jason reviewed it and I found out about it like that week and was like, Oh, I'm going to grab this game. 
Okay. That's neat. Um, do you fuse demons in this one still? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Shit. You're you're fusing demons. The the one downside to this, and it's the uh, Sniper Elite Five issue, is that you can't. There's some demons you can't fuse unless you buy the DLC. Ooh. So there's no Mara unless you shell out another five or eight dollars to to be able to fuse that demon. Now, very important. Is there an online uh, calculator tool that was written in ASCII? That tells you the stat if you like put in the fusion, like the two demons you want to fuse, what it'll come out as. Yeah, so the the big mechanic for a lot of these Shimagami Tensei games is being able to fuse different demons. So kind of like in Pokemon, you can capture them, but unlike in Pokemon, you can sort of smash them together and get new demons out of them. Uh, and so that process is usually trial and error based, but a lot of people oh, have written what they call fusion calculators so if you combine this demon and that demon what will it turn into and i'm gonna send anthony if we just get a live reaction to your picture i'm just gonna send you a picture of one of the websites that shows you how to do your fusions for this is for shin megami tensei 2 if you just get I like mean, a live reaction what your thoughts on this are i mean it just it makes me i <sighs> It makes me disappointed. It looks like a stock ticker from like an alternate universe. I mean, it's cool. I look, I appreciate that people can get really into that, but I immediately see that and I'm like, <laughs> it might not be for me, but you know, it, it, this is, but this is like, you know, people that are trying to like min max. Right. So maybe if you're not, right. if you're uh, just, <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's more you like can... people who you need to find the exact demon you need to progress into the game. Because the game, well, again, this is in the the OG games, like the SNES games. You would have to note, like, you'd have to figure out the stuff in order to get the right type of demon to proceed in the game. I see. But that was back when it's, games were Nintendo hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's been a long time since then. You man. you can go, th- you can get through this entire game and see mm. most of the contents without ever touching yeah. uh, demon fusion. Okay. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. This is a. This is a straight up by the numbers, you know. This is somebody uh, who's min maxing. This is somebody like sometimes you'll be in a relationship portion of the game and it's like, I want you to bring me this demon. So you either need to like experiment with some fusions or like stumble across them in the memory matrix. But, which is easy to do. Yeah, it's so it's not it's that like, hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean the old one looks like it would it would I'd be interested to see how it's progressed, but yeah, you know. That type of shit was commonplace back then with a lot of games where there was just absolutely a lot of complicated shit that people just didn't know any better. But so. Even that, like this, this game does have a pretty good tutorial. I would say I, yeah. I would, I think it would be a little, it would still be a little difficult for somebody who's never like touched a persona or an SMT to jump into this as their first one. Uh, and I, I don't think these types of games are, made for everybody i think some people will just love the sort of like min max spreadsheets uh going around talking with people dungeon diving multiple times to sort of grind different materials or find demons and i think for 95 percent of people they just won't be interested in this game but this is where bard's tale went folks i'm this is what happened i guess i'm in the five percent so 
I, I think it was interesting what you said about the story because, and also that Jason just said Bart's tale because what always goes into my mind when I think about a lot of Japanese media is um, how Marge Simpson was really into potatoes and, and she was asked why and she goes, I just think they're neat, which is also how a lot of Japanese fiction uh, references Christianity where like they just put in a lot of these references and like it's not really based in a lot of stuff other than thinking like, the relationship between angels and devils and all this stuff is neat. Yeah. Because in, in the earlier Megami Tensei games, it was like a lot of it was like, well, here's this, this should make sense to you because it's like the, the <laughs> dichotomy of demons and all this other stuff. And it's like, literally it's just like, it doesn't really like relate to anything in the actual Bible. And so it's cool to see that oh, this one yeah. had a theme that's like, not like that at all. Oh, but I mean, there's still like penis monsters, though. So I mean, there's really... not. Like I said, Mara is DLC. Mara, only. yeah. Oh, I keep forgetting. My review copy had the DLC. Okay. Well, as Mara Anthony get it. is a gigantic uh, green phallus in a chariot. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Generally regarded as one of the strongest fusions in all uh, Megami gets Tensei in there. games. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're gonna want that big penis chariot, you know. Um, all right, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I I liked the game. Uh, I enjoyed my time with it. I'm I, I'm glad Nick really liked it. You know, so that's what really matters. I loved it so much. I I made it number one. That's right, in our hearts. <laughs> All right, so finally, let's bring uh, Anthony in with uh, Uno. I I think for me, even though technically it was only a 2022 uh, early access thing, which fucking early access to 1.0 stuff is so difficult now. Um, but anyways, I think it'd be Core Keeper for me. I repeatedly sure. came back to Core Keeper over and over again. And every time got way sucked into it. That game is a lot of fun. They've done a really good job of adding a bunch of new features to it and expanding the content into it. And also continuing to make that game a platform where they they aren't like forcing you to like wipe. Um, you know, I didn't we didn't have to restart. We can always come back to it and pick up where we left off and do a new level of progression. And I like when early access games, especially ones that revolve around survival and technological technology upgrades and stuff allow you to keep going with the save raft was a little bit of the opposite for us you know typically saves for a while wouldn't carry over and we'd end up just wiping and that's fun too there's like a fun to that but with core keeper the time investment on it to me is a lot more significant than even raft um and it's crazy how long that base and like how how it's kind of evolved over, over from when we started it to yeah. where it is now. Yeah, I mean, Raft, by S, by the very nature of the fact that you're building like a mobile thing, I think people tend to, you know, at least in the people I played with, we tended to think how we can make it as like kind of contained and compact as possible. Um, yeah. And in Core Keeper, you can just be expansive and it's got, Huge, you know, yeah. make mega projects. And I just think it's a really good game and they've added just enough interesting little bits of progression in there and um yeah they sent out a survey at one point and i wrote them like four thousand words or something 
about how I would fix their progression system. So, uh, <laughs> this is my favorite thing about Anthony and Ryan. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. It comes to, to the to the surveys. Most people are like, "Hey, love your game." Uh, I think this is a little different than they get. Like, yeah, I also sent them like a huge, like a uh, like gigantic thing when I canceled when I uninstalled Dawn of War uh, three as well. That was a game where I wrote them lengthy feedback. So you should now. Just a quick <laughs> question: Did they did they ask for it? Oh, well, yeah, the survey thing said, please give us feedback what you think about these changes to specifically, Zach, since you've played a lot of Corekeeper, they want to change up the way that the coin economy works. Because oh, I coins just thought this is more no like, value. like when you uh, get your receipt at McDonald's and it's like, enter this, put in your survey code at this website and tell us what you thought. Yeah, no, they wanted to know like why the coin economy wasn't working and how <laughs> there's some yeah. suggestions they had. And yeah, they so, really like, cared I was, about your opinion, man. Um, and then Dawn of War, yes, they asked for it because when you, you uninstall any game from Relic, it always says, why are you uninstalling? Yeah. So, it's none of your damn business. <laughs> you don't, you don't have to say anything, but that, Anthony, however, optioned that. Yeah, they asked. So I told him, um, but yeah, I think core keeper is a fantastic game. It's like a really good price and it's co-op the whole time. And it's really, I don't know. It's a, uh, and it plays great on steam deck as well. So, Hell, uh, you and Zach played so much Core Keeper too, and we I haven't mean, even I beat it. Little. There's so many bosses that we haven't killed yet. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, Steam says I have 155 hours. That's not correct though, because I mean I've definitely played like 100 hours, but there's been more than one night where I've left the game running. You like uh, no, yeah, absolutely. So, so stuff would just process while I was while I wasn't playing. You so. know how like, I have 11 you, hours when you watch YouTube videos of like. These are the most insane Minecraft bases, or the most Factorio bases. Don't even if, say my yeah. bases there. If we were to watch, if like if they were to make a video on Core Keeper, the stuff that Anthony's done uh, would definitely be part of those videos. Oh for sure. no, my base is so lame compared to your base is pretty badass. So you know, you no, but the about? other thing, like we had this, like we as we were building up, we would build out the base more and more and more because they would release new stuff. We would have to put new machines yeah. and stuff. Anthony took his time on his own without anyone asking him to tear down the months of progress we made and rebuild everything from scratch into a easier to organize uh, base, which is like absolutely insane that that's the decision he would make. But yeah, I also made a museum of all of our conquests of all the people <laughs> we've dominated and put that, it all together. That was... <laughs> That was my favorite touch. Is, is, so yeah, well, is, isn't that kind of what every museum in like Western society is, right? Like <laughs> unspokenly, so like it's kind of a lot of it is like shit that shit that should probably be repatriated and will never be. Oh, oh this should be in a museum. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Me when I go to the wild animal park. I took stuff out of the hands <laughs> of savages who didn't know what to do with it and have now put it up for people to appreciate. That's what I'm and saying, we do. dog. I often take my walks among the the artworks and the the life of the, of the long dead people now. Yeah, no, nah, I mean that game's just great. Uh, yeah, I don't know. They did a really good job yeah. with it. Yeah. The, now the one thing about Anthony when it comes to Core Keeper is that dude is going to make a rail line. Like it's going to be all over the map. That's true. Yeah, I didn't even mention that, but the ridiculous rail systems you built. Yeah, I've built pretty massive train systems in that game. 
it's pretty awesome. Like you can just get like from the base, you can get in a rail car and go miles and miles away in an instant and possibly get killed by monsters, but you can get back to it fast as well. Yeah. I love that game. (laughs) No, it's a really great game. We did it. We did it. Did we? I'm not cutting anyone off. No, we did it. That was it. Wait, Jason, did you say you're number one? Uh, yeah, I went first. I, oh, yeah, you did. Sorry, me. yes. On this man's podcast, you don't even listen to the things. No, 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 I did. It's just in my mind. <sighs> he shouldn't. He I had shouldn't. I had a broken part of my brain where I'm like, wait, and he did talk about uh, uh, Midnight, Midnight Suns. And for yeah. in my mind, I was like, of course, Midnight Suns is Jason's number one because it became it like close. a late part of the year obsession for Jason. Yeah, yeah. I like, yeah, I've played like over 100 hours since it came out at the beginning of the month. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you know. Have it, you even yeah, rolled got credits on, on that? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I finally did it. Like, and when you start New Game Plus, it's kind of interesting. But, uh, it lets you keep all of the heroes you've unlocked. Oh, that's so cool. So you can actually, yeah, it's weird. You, you get to go through with, like, all the guys you didn't get to play through the first time. So that's pretty cool. Uh, and there's a bunch of DLC coming out, so I'm... Trying to decide if I want to just wait for the DLC to play again and start again, hardcore again. But I don't know. We'll see what happens. Jason, would you be okay if I drop one last question on everybody? Absolutely, man. Hit it, Nick. So nobody was prepared for this, but just top of mind, what is the game you're looking forward to in 2023? Zelda, Zelda, Zelda. Breath of the Wild 2. Electric Boogaloo, or whatever it's called. Tears of the Kingdom. Just, I mean, top of my head, uh, I guess Starfield. Oh, fuck, I forgot about Starfield. I mean, I kind of, I don't know, man. I have the strict policy where I try not to get excited about something until it's, like, almost there. Because then I hate, yeah, I hate tormenting myself, or I hate going into those things where I, like, deep dive all the content and I know everything before it launches, so... Uh, but yeah, I would say that's up there at least. Yeah. Hmm, I would say Outcast Two, the sequel to the 1999 Infogrom game Outcast. Or <laughs> wait, really? Didn't I yeah. ask about this the other day? <laughs> yeah. Uh, or I would say Sons of the Forest, the Forest sequel. Ooh, God, that's yes, what we're he gonna, means. He means Sons of the Forest. We're gonna be dipshits with that one for yeah, sure. I hope that. I really hope that game is good. Sons yeah, of the Forest is I mean, a good one. I'm I'm looking forward to a FromSoft game for the first time in decades. Uh, oh shit. Yeah. Armored is Core that coming 6. out next year? I think so. Dang. Yeah, I hope so. Um yeah, no, they, there's a few things that look really good. Uh Suicide Squad, um, Sienna, Street Fighter Six, Diablo Four, Final Fantasy Sixteen. Yeah, just a ton of stuff. So I follow a lot of um, like fighting game community stuff, um, like yeah. on Reddit and Twitter because it's just a very entertaining fan base because they are mm. big babies who whine and cry anytime something's not how they like. And I'm Constantly. amazed how positive they all are on Street Fighter Six so far, which means it's for sure going to be the worst game ever released in the series. <laughs> no, so I'm very. I literally. Oh God, dude! Street Fighter Five's launch was like a nightmare to me. 
they I've never seen them also unified as like something is good ever, except maybe uh oh shoot there's I can't remember it there's some there was some like indie one that came out that everyone loved for like a couple of weeks and then no one played Skullgirls Skullgirls yes everyone loved yeah. Skullgirls also <laughs> and then no one like played it really um, they still do those tournaments right or they yeah. do some of those at Evo and stuff right? yeah so Skullgirls and then Street Fighter Six are like the only two I've seen like universally positive reports for. Sure. Now we'll see oh, when they well, release the the source uh, mod models for Street Fighter Six. How people feel about that? I think that might be a oh, whole yeah. new audience. There's gonna, yeah, there's going to be a lot of Gary's modding going on. We'll say that. Um, <laughs> right. What do you well, mean? Wanna... What are they going to do in Gary's mod with the models? I'll send you some uh, photos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to teach Christian Science. Um, I want to thank everybody for joining me for the game of the year podcast. Uh, you know, uh, Anthony, Zach, Nick, you know, I've enjoyed all the podcasts we've done today together this year. Look forward to next. So happy new year, everybody out there. Uh, and we'll see you soon. You can read